no matter what their language level is or their travel experience, they're going to find a, a program in Latin America that fits their needs. And they're gonna be welcomed by amazing resident staff that have years of experience that are just like me, that are passionate about what we do. And I've seen my alumni over the past 17 years go on to do amazing things. And that makes me feel really proud. Hello, everyone. Happy August, dear listeners. It's the dawn of the new academic year in higher education. I hope everyone was able to find some time this summer to reset and unwind a bit, and that you're feeling good about the progress made on that summer projects list. I, for one, love this time of year. The smell of possibility and new beginnings are in the air as our campuses come back to life. Speaking of new beginnings, I'm thrilled to be here today as we launch season two of our inaugural podcast here at World Strides, Changing Lives Through Education Abroad, a weekly series of conversations with international education's most interesting thought leaders, as well as discussions on emerging trends, best practices, and innovation happening in our field. I'm your host, Zach McKinnis, Senior Director of Campus Partnerships with World Strides. We have big plans for this season, and I can't wait to share some sparkling conversations with some true superstars in our field over the coming weeks. Today, though, I am excited to start Season 2 with a very special episode. I have the pleasure of talking to an ISA legend and an incredible woman who quite literally changed my life. Michelle McRaney is one of ISA's longest-standing employees, and today is the resident director of our programs in Lima, Peru, and the product lead for all of ISA's programs in Latin America. I am a proud alum of ISA Lima, and Michelle was actually my resident director back in 2008 when I studied at the Pontifical Catholic University of Peru on an immersion program. Here at World Strides, we often talk about the power of life-changing moments, and Michelle was integral to so many of my own life-changing moments. It's because of Michelle that I wanted to enter international education in the first place, and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for her. In addition to being our crack resident director in Lima, Michelle is our product lead for Latin America, a region near and dear to our heart here at World Strides. As product lead, she oversees our programs not only in Peru, but in Costa Rica, Chile, Colombia, and Argentina as well. Today, I'm excited to talk with her about her experiences as a resident director, but also to engage in a deeper dive on education in Latin America these days. Michelle and I will discuss trends in our field as it relates to Latin America. I can't wait to pick her brain, and I'm so excited for this conversation. You do not want to miss this episode. Michelle, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Zach. I am so happy to be here with you. It's not every day I get to welcome my resident director onto the podcast. This is so exciting. As one of our team members with the longest tenure here at World Strides, you're something of a legend around these parts. Could you start by giving us an overview of your career at ISA World Strides in international education? Of course. I, like many other students who studied abroad in college, my life was changed just like yours was. And I wanted to be a part of that for other American students. And at the time, back in 1997, when I graduated, there wasn't a lot of third-party providers that were out there. And I found ISA in Austin. 
It was my dream job and continues to be my dream job to this day. It was one of those places that would foster this experience for college students and give them that that feeling of safe and security while they're abroad, but also encouraging them to be independent and have these experiences on their own. That was something when I was a student, I went on um, direct agreements with my university and they were life-changing by far, but I felt sometimes very alone, very isolated uh, in the in the places that I studied in. So I wanted to be that change. That was something that I wanted to be in, more involved in for other students and through ISA, through World Strides. That was the perfect place for me. Also, just talking about, I started at ISA a long time ago and we had a lot of different roles that we played. We wore a lot of different hats and I had the special opportunity to recruit students at university campuses all over the United States. I worked in many different regions of NAFSA. Uh, I also was the um, director of our high school programs. And so I would not only um, visit different high schools around the United States, as well as the language conferences, but I also would accompany groups of students to Spain, to Mexico, and organize their trips uh, to our other sites. I also had the pleasure of doing academic records. I was sending out transcripts for our students who would come back from their semester programs and send them out to their universities. So I really got a feel for all the different areas that the field includes. It's been life-changing for me. It's my dream job, like I mentioned before. You know, it's, it's truly amazing, Michelle. There's n- not many people in our field that I can think of that have had such a broad array of experiences, right? From from meeting students when uh, for the first time at a study abroad fair, to helping them through the admissions process when it comes to enrollment management, and then to welcoming them on site. And I did not know that you also did transcripts. Surprise! So really, you've, <laughs> so you really you've been there for the entire life cycle of a of a study abroad. Really That's yeah. amazing. And I've been able to work in operations. So I was uh, accompanying site visits. I got to meet with our study abroad advisors and different faculty and show them our sites in South America firsthand. And I've gotten to know our resident directors also in Latin America very closely through those site visits and just through our meetings that we do every couple of years. That's amazing. And, you know, one of the things that I think makes our organization special are the people and the perspectives they bring to their work. Could you share with us about how your own journey as an international educator has shaped you as a person and impacted how you approach your profession? My experience, like I mentioned earlier, uh, as a study abroad student shaped me to want to become more involved on the international education side. And I started participating in the NAFSA conferences and finding out more and more about the field. And I realized that it was much larger than what I had ever expected. It was something that I wanted to continue on for the rest of my life. I never want to leave this field if possible. So yeah, that's something that I think is important that a lot of students, when they finish a semester or a summer abroad program with me in in Lima, in Peru, they ask me, how can I get in the field? They're very interested to know what other job opportunities are out there in international education. And I'm excited for them because I know that not only do they want to continue maybe international education, they want to go on to doing work abroad, intern abroad, uh, teach abroad. A lot of them are, I I fill out all kinds of letter of recommendations for all these types of positions where in Peace Corps or to work for the State Department. And I've seen my alumni over the past 
17 years go on to do amazing things. And that makes me feel really proud about working at ISA at World Strides, about my my job and about how I have had a positive impact on the students. Here, here. And I'm I'm one of those students who had a positive impact on. You know, Michelle, I have I have a running list of folks in international education who are alum of your programs in Peru. It's it's growing and quite impressive. So Michelle, over the years You've hosted many students, and the fact that you see some of our comparatively smaller sites means you have really gotten to know them well. You have a pulse on the students of yesterday and today. How have you seen the needs of our students evolve over time? This is a great question. It's something that's very notable. You know, a long time ago, we didn't have as much technology access to information as we do now. So the students that were studying abroad in Latin America might not have really known how to prepare for those experiences and where to go on site and what cultural activities to expect. So that was something that we may have done a lot more hand-holding and sharing information than we would do now because we know students have access immediate access to all kinds of information. Now we can share the links, you know, where they need to look for that information. Now we have the platform Schoology where we can have folders of our own excursions and activities and suggestions on where they can go, who they can meet up with in a safe environment, where they can travel to. It's definitely changed where the student has more access to information, basically. And even getting around these big cities in Latin America, have, has become so much easier through the different apps, the maps, you know, the, the public transportation apps, the rideshare apps, the wealth of information about restaurant reviews and things like that. So uh, it's very helpful. Back in the day, we relied a lot, lot on our host families also to help students get from point A to point B and to share all kinds of information with them about the culture and about um, expectations. And believe it or not, that's something that they still do to this day. That's something that our homestays um, will always do because they want to make sure the students feel like they're part of the family and have all the access to what's the local, what the local scene is on site. And I think, Michelle, that's one of the amazing things about our programs in Latin America is, is how our students connect with their host families in a way that perhaps we just don't see elsewhere. You know, I know, speaking from my own experience, I had a fabulous homestay when I lived in Lima as a student, and I'm still in fairly regular touch with my host parents to this day, however many years later, so that they're a special bunch. You know, speaking of Latin America, here at World Strides, we are proud of our commitment to our locations in Latin America. And our roots in this region truly run deep. They're part of our DNA. In your mind, what is special about studying in Latin America? And why should our students consider going there for their education abroad experience? One of the things that I do as a resident director uh, here on the ground is I try to imagine, and, and I do, and I talk to my other resident directors as well, try to imagine yourself as a student who just arrived in a new country and knows nothing about where they are. And they are trying to navigate and feel comfortable and welcomed. And we talk to our host families as well. We always do you know, a, a welcome orientation before the group arrives with these frequent reminders of like, how are we gonna welcome this group that's about to come to Lima or to Cusco or to Buenos Aires or wherever they're going to arrive? Because we wanna make sure that they feel like they are part of the host country. And in order to do that, we need the host family support, and they are ready for that. Uh, and that's something that's so important 
Um, they don't want the students to feel like they're just boarding, you know, there at their home. They really want to make sure that they feel like they're part of the family. And the student has the best of both both worlds because they have a lot of the freedoms that maybe, you know, a local son or daughter wouldn't have necessarily. But they also have the mama gallina, the, the mama hen, you know, who's also looking out for them and providing support and and information, a wealth of information from the family. In general, our students study on local campuses. They're surrounded by local students. A lot of the classes are taken with local students as well as with international students. We offer a wide variety of programs, not just in uh, Latin American studies and, and language and culture, but we also have business and engineering and all kinds of fields available to students at any of our sites in Latin America. And I think sometimes that that might be something that people miss. Well, I think you bring up a really good point, Michelle. You know, here at ISA and World Strides, we have, I think it's eight sites in Latin America, if you include our internship program in Santiago, Chile. And it's a huge region that's very diverse. There's a lot of different opportunities, like options for students of all majors and language levels. So what I love to do is do a quick version of Latin America study abroad with you, almost like speed dating. Give us some key takeaways uh, for our for our locations so advisors who are listening can lead this episode with some pro tips to help their students looking for the best match for study abroad. And of course, we have to start in Peru and we have to start in Lima, but it's not our only site in Peru. No, no, we also have a program in Cusco, but starting with Lima... Lima is is a big city. It can look overwhelming at first when people look at the population, but it doesn't feel like a big city. It's it's 52 neighborhoods connected with there's not a lot of skyscrapers. It's located on the Pacific Ocean on the coast. I mean, what big city, capital city can boast that they're on the ocean? coastal city. Um, So that's really unique. And on campuses, we've had students in the past, even in your group, I believe, who were involved in sports on campus. They were um, swimmers at their home campus. They became gold medal swimmers at, you know, their local campus in, in Lima, which was amazing. Or they get involved in Taekwondo or different clubs or dance you know, classes on campus. Those are opportunities that are available to students who are taking courses on one of our big campuses here in Lima, for sure. And then there's also the the health science program at the biggest medical university here uh, in the country. We have a special summer program where students can take global public health and community health courses and go out into the field through observations. And that's something that maybe is not on everybody's radar. Look, it's here. You know, it's something really unique. So that's just an example. You know, Lima is a big city. It has everything anyone could want to do. You've got, you know, whether it's arts or sports or adventure, there's treks and things like that that are available. For those of you that are foodies out there, research a little bit about the food in Peru. We've got the top restaurant on the 50 best restaurants in the world in Lima. And out of the top 50, we've got four of them. So there's something to be said about the food in Peru. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Thank you for sharing um, about Lima. And I know Lima was our first site in Peru, and we opened Cusco a few years later. So could you share a bit about Cusco and what makes it special? Yes, and Cusco is magical. It's a small town uh, located right in the middle of the Andes Mountains. It's close to Machu Picchu, one of the new seven wonders of the world, which is one of our excursions that's included, of course, on the 
Cusco program. And it's a historical town. So it does have a lot of things for students to to learn about while they're there. The Quechua language is spoken in Cusco. So that's something that also we offer Quechua language in our programs there. We have a study center in Cusco. So students are actually taking classes in our study center, living in the same neighborhood with host families, walking distance from from the study center. And they have all kinds of cultural activities that our staff coordinate with local students from a couple of the universities in Cusco that are also in our same neighborhood. So they'll be playing soccer together with them or dance classes. And there's also all kinds of cultural activities that they'll do. It's it, The students tend to be really busy in Cusco. So even though it's at a high altitude, it's got sunny every day, cool weather in the evenings. Um, it's just a really beautiful place and magical like I mentioned, uh, for students. Cusco is magic. I love it. Well, let's turn south to a rival of Peru, of course, but one of my favorite ISA locations, Chile. Talk to us about our wonderful programs in Chile. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Chile was one of the very first. It was the first site that we opened in South America. And our resident director is still there from, you know, over, I think, 27 years. She's been on site welcoming students. So she has tons of experience. Our program is in Valparaíso and Viña del Mar. So we do have two universities we work with there. Um, So you can imagine the range of courses that are open to students. They can take courses with international students, courses in English, courses in Spanish, courses with local students. So they have a, a lot of options there. They're also staying with homestays. And Valparaíso and Viña del Mar is located also on the Pacific coast. It's one of those beautiful cities that is very colorful and has the, the dunes. You know, the sand dunes are not very far right off the coast. And students have the opportunity to travel to different parts of the country with ISA and independently. Um, it's, it's also a really cool place. And they start their program in Santiago. That's something that is unique to the Chile program. They have a, a welcome orientation for a couple of days in Santiago with touring and bridging cultures information before they travel together as a group uh, to meet their homestays and, and start school. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, it's really a testament to our organization that both you and Lisette, our, our longtime resident director in Chile, are, are, still, are still running their sites. So I'm very impressed by that. And then moving over to Argentina, this is another one of ISA's more established and, and oldest sites in the region. Can you share a bit about our program in Buenos Aires? Oh, for sure. Buenos Aires as a city, it's one of the most beautiful architectural cities that that students will find. They'll they'll be able to compare it maybe, you know, to something that they've been they've seen before in Europe, for example, the the architecture, the buildings, the way of life will mirror a lot of maybe what they've seen in Europe. And that can be very comforting and welcoming. You know, every country in South America has its own unique accent, its own unique slang, you know, sayings and things like that. And I think uh, Argentina is one of those that stands out maybe the most. It's very 
fun. You all have already familiar with Messi, I'm sure as a soccer player um, who won the World Cup, you know, as the Argentina team just recently. And that was a huge, exciting moment for everyone living in Argentina, especially in Buenos Aires, as you can imagine. That's going to be part of the students' You know, life is the tango and the the football and eating all of the wonderful food. You know, that from Argentina, they're they've got the they're famous for their grilled grilled meats and empanadas uh, and and things like that. And so we work with the University of Belgrano there, and um, we have all kinds of programs as well. Courses taught in English with international students. Courses taught in Spanish, and we also have the option to take courses with locals. So, and there's also a medical immersion program in during the summer in Buenos Aires as well. That's definitely worth mentioning. Fantastic. So really a, a lot of options for students in Buenos Aires. Uh, well, let's head north to Costa Rica, another very established um, ISA location. Can you share a bit about Costa Rica? Yes, Costa Rica has been with ISA also um, since almost the beginning. Um, it's one of our most popular destinations. It's close to the United States. It's tropical. It's a beautiful Caribbean, you know, country that's neutral, like like Switzerland. It's one of those places that's very friendly and welcoming. It's got beaches and volcanoes and jungle, you know. For someone who's interested in environmental studies, it's also one of those places that's very attractive. The students go on awesome excursions to different parts of the country, it's not very far away, you know, the distances. And there as well, the options to study are just like in the, our other sites, courses in English, courses in Spanish. We also have a site in Heredia. We're not only in San Jose, but we have a summer program in Heredia, which is a little town outside of San Jose for students that are looking for a little bit more of an immersion experience as well. San Jose is the capital, so it's more hustling and bustling, but the students going to Heredia are not staying within the city, but they do activities and excursions together with the students from San Jose. So that's exciting too. That's great. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I know uh, Costa Rica was open in the, the 1990s. I don't know the exact date, but you probably did. Long time ago. Uh, moving to our, our newest location in Latin America, ISA opened programs in Colombia almost about 10 years ago now. Could you speak to those programs? We are so excited with our programs in Colombia. We are one of the only if not the only provider in Colombia. Um, and we have awesome programs in both Barranquilla and Medellin. These two cities are breathtaking. Barranquilla being on the coast, Medellin being, it's called the Eternal Spring. Um, it's got amazing weather nestled kind of in the hills and in the mountains. And so both sites are offer really amazing opportunities to immerse yourself in the local culture. Students are on these large campuses in each site. They're taking courses with locals in English, which is that's in a unique opportunity. Sometimes, you know, you're having courses in English with uh, American students, but in this case, you're taking courses in English with local students. So you're going to be the one, you know, to help the students maybe with their notes, note taking and things like that. And there's all kinds of excursions that ISA accompanies the students on that are unique and adventurous. You know, I look at the photos and the videos and I think, wow, that looks awesome. Like, I want to do that, you know, to these beautiful places. So Columbia is definitely somewhere that students are are looking towards more and more as a destination that's, that they can also go to in South America. That's great. Well, well thanks for the uh, rapid tour of Latin America, Michelle. 
Um, you dropped a lot of wisdom in the past few minutes, but I wanted to try to distill it down to one thing. What is one thing you'd like for education abroad advisors to know about study abroad in Latin America? I really, really want to send the message that it's one of those places that has something for everyone. All of their students, no matter what their language level is or their travel experience, they're going to find a, a program in Latin America that fits their needs. And they're going to be welcomed by amazing resident staff that have years of experience that are just like me, that are passionate about what we do, that believe in what we do. We know how important it is uh, for students to have these life-changing experiences and that we're a part of it. We're very proud of that fact. Um, And so advisors can feel comfortable and safe sending students to our sites in Latin America. Couldn't have said it better myself, Michelle. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, you know, as we've discussed, you have had the pleasure of holding many roles at ISA and World Strides over the years. And as a road warrior myself, I would love to dig in to what recruitment was like uh, when you started your career. What was road warrior being like in the 1990s? Oh, my goodness, Zach. Well, we did not have GPS. Um, you know, I was printing out printed maps before my trip, mapping it all out so that I could go from the airport to the universities that I was going to be on campus (laughs) for their study abroad fairs. Um, It was awesome. I loved every minute of it. I loved being at the tables and talking to students directly about the opportunities that were available. And back then, we didn't have as many sites as we do now. So at the same time, students did not have as much information, easy access as they do now. So you know, I could talk to a student and just from our conversations, I could give them, you know, detailed information about each of our sites and maybe we could make a match at that moment at the table, you know, and and convince them and make them feel comfortable and confident about maybe Granada, Spain or, you know, um, our programs in, in Peru or wherever it might be, because that's what I also knew. You know, I felt really comfortable and confident because I had been in many of our sites and was able to share direct information from my own experiences. I also loved it because I could talk to them as a, a former study abroad student. I, I was in their shoes looking for a program and I was going to be, you know, they were going to be in my shoes when I was a study abroad student. So I, I felt like my role as a regional rep was so crucial in really sharing those experiences and getting students excited about going abroad anywhere with anyone. I just really wanted them to go. I think that was, you know, my my main goal. You know, here at ISA World Strides, Michelle, you know, you know, we are committed to excellence in all that we do. What could you share with us about how we continue to improve our programs to make them impactful and life changing for our students? Well, I can tell you that we pay close attention to the evaluations the students fill out. We read every single evaluation meticulously. We look at students' feedback. We talk to our resident staff um, about possible changes or get you know information, and we make regularly improvements to the program. Right, we're always observing, listening, trying to offer new excursions or you know change things that maybe students are doing a lot on their own. So they we want to make something more unique that maybe they would only do through ISA. One of those memorable moments, life-changing experiences, signature moments, sometimes we call them, that maybe we're going to take them to, you know, the restaurant owner's home and they're going to learn how to make something there that they wouldn't do necessarily on their own, something like that. 
So that that's important. Um, and we have great communication with all of our, our peers. As resident staff, we communicate regularly with all of our, our peers in the United States that are program managing that are on the enrollment management side. So there's the line of communication is so important um, so that those you know that have worked with the students so for so much time before they travel are now also still aware and in communication of what's going on on the ground once those students are there. You know, I feel like as, as a program manager for, for our programs in Chile, um, I can talk to Lizette and say, hey, how is so-and-so doing? Or, you know, what's, what, how's the group go- doing right now? How'd the excursion go? Like there's a lot of feedback and follow-up uh, that helps make sure that the integrity and the, and the program is um, going well. And those are all the things that I didn't see as a study abroad student on your program. There's just so much more that goes into it than what the average student sees, right? And, you know, immersion has come up several times in this conversation now. What are some things that make studying abroad in this region so immersive and culturally enriching for our students? One is because the program sizes are small. They're smaller. So that already is going to encourage the students to immerse themselves more with the local culture. Um, two, because they're on campuses with local students around them. Um, so not only do, as resident staff, do we organize language exchanges, conversation clubs, different activities with local students, maybe peer them up with a buddy. A lot of our host universities also have these buddy programs or global peer programs where they assign students from um, the local campus with one of our students or with the international students. They also organize activities for international students as a group. So our students get to know not only each other, but also international students who are on campus as well as their global peers who are there. And they're encouraged by all of us to participate in activities on campus, clubs, dance classes. Um, They are encouraged to go to the local gym, to try surfing, to try to do Maybe some things um, that they are used to doing at home, but they're not sure, you know, a yoga class or we want to keep them active and surrounded by local people where it's not just themselves. And we are able to do that um, because it's a smaller group and there's just so many opportunities available. So that's something that we do check in with the students regularly every every other week or every week on a short program, like a summer program, and, and make sure that they are staying active and participating and meeting their goals and that they're hopefully uh, maybe getting out of their comfort zone, you know, a little bit, uh, practicing the language and doing activities that they don't always do. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Well, I just have one more question for you, my friend. And that is, as you think about studying abroad in 2023, what makes you hopeful? I think we're in a really great place right now. For study abroad. I mean, we've gotten through a couple tough years with the pandemic where travel was completely halted around the world. And our countries are have made a slow comeback, but they did that cautiously. And now they are ready and to welcome all of the study abroad students back. 2023 and 2024 is our year. We are ready to host our students again. And it's been it's been a slow recover but it's been a strong recover. So uh, yeah, Latin America is definitely ready. 
Latin America is back, baby. It's back. Well, I can't imagine a better place to end it than right here. Michelle McRaining, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. That concludes this conversation. Uh, Michelle McRaining, thank you so much again for dropping pearls and sharing your wisdom with us today. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us for this episode of Changing Lives Through Education Abroad. I'm your host, Zach McInnes, and please make sure to join us next week as we continue to explore topics around international education and exchange. Thank you to my spectacular World Strides colleagues, Lindsay Kelchner and Sarah Kachuba, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Please subscribe to Changing Lives Through Education Abroad on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast, and share with your friends and colleagues. Let's create life-changing moments together. 